Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernett. Today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, the DuPage Foundation, Naperville Garden Club, and Lizzie's Fund. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now from the DuPage Foundation is Dave McGowan. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks, Jane. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. And, you know, let's talk about the DuPage Foundation and the impact that it's had in DuPage County. Well, uh, 35 years of uh, managing philanthropic dollars on behalf of DuPage County residents, and it depends on how people interact with us. We've gone from anywhere from uh, helping people with unrestricted gifts through us to our general endowment all the way to very restricted gifts, um, specific causes or specific organizations. And then with that, we then make grants, help donors, um, lead initiatives that enable change in DuPage and to raise the quality of life for all the residents of DuPage County. It's really, I, I'm always so impressed. I mean, it's, you know, kind of that whole idea of, you know, more raises the boat for everybody. And, and you really come at it in a lot of different ways, right, with the foundation. I mean, just as you mentioned, you've got grants, you've, you help donor advise funds, and you do stuff just yourself as a foundation. Uh, say a little bit more about those different avenues, if you would, for maybe somebody who isn't sure. as familiar with the role that a community foundation plays. Yes, I guess the grant making is a presumed role, but people might not know that we actually lead on areas uh, of interest as well. Our early childhood uh, uh, kindergarten readiness program, our Bright and Early DuPage, which is um, running collaboratives throughout DuPage County to make sure that children are ready for school because we know that when everybody starts off school at, at a good level, they will be successful students and successful adults. It's one of the best investments we could make in our community. We also have the Arts DuPage Initiative, which celebrates the arts and artists, arts organizations, and provides access to people to enjoy all the great arts offerings we have in DuPage County. Yeah, I mean, you, you've really spearheaded a lot of stuff across the county. And so you've celebrated this 35th anniversary, which is first, congratulations, that's a big anniversary. Um, talk about the impact you think, Dave, you've had on the county during sure. that time. Well, we've grown our endowment to $125 million in charitable assets under management and have made grants totaling $60 million, with half of that having been granted in just the last four years alone. So there's a real trajectory here of people's... Uh, supporting us and supporting the kind of grant making that we're doing. I would say that we have, for example, um, we were the organization that enabled through grant making and leadership a financial literacy program which is now housed at a, a not-for-profit called Home DuPage and all the clients of area not-for-profits can go there to learn about financial literacy so that they can be more successful in budgeting and planning and we feel really um, good that we were instrumental in gathering donors and the not-for-profits and other organizations together to make something like that happen. Yeah, well, you really, I mean, the nice thing is you kind of have this view across the county, right, mm -hmm. as to maybe what some of the needs are that, you know, a lot of individual not-for-profits have got their own areas of concentration, but you really sort of sit a little bit atop of that with a different view. That's right. We fund in health, human services, arts, education, environment, animal welfare in 30-some distinct communities that aren't always connected naturally. And so through philanthropy, we can connect organizations with donors 
um, organizations to each other who are working in similar areas and many times that connection is what has advanced some of those areas of interest. Yeah, you're a little bit like glue, right? Kind of bringing, bringing things bringing together. Bringing people together. At the, at the top level of a community foundation, it's connecting donors to the needs in the community. At all those other layers, it's connecting organizations, connecting, uh, and, and all of us that get um, on staff or on boards or, or the committee of, of a community foundation, we're the ultimate connectors. It's, it really gives us joy to do that. Yeah. So talk, you know, kind of building on that point, how, do, how does the foundation connect a donor? You mm -hmm. know, what, what is the steps? How does somebody give through the foundation, if you will, if you wanted to donate? Sure. Uh, they might be referred through their professional advisor, an attorney or a financial planner, or through an existing um, fund holder of the foundation. When they reach out to us, we try to help them craft their charitable plan and find if there's a way that they would intersect with us or if we can guide them directly to a not-for-profit to give directly or um, with other organizations. And so we will find out, do they want to give to our general endowment for us to make grants? A field of interest where we still do the grant making but they put some parameters around like seniors, hunger, whatever that might be, the donor advised giving, or then again, specific um, restricted funds for specific organizations. So in that $125 million in charitable assets, they, uh, donors access us in all different ways um, along that continuum of restriction of uh, interest. Okay, so very customizable. I mean, very customizable. you know, that's, that's the word. If you know that you want to be philanthropic and you want it into Page County, you can customize ways for that to take place for them. That's right, and even if a donor doesn't work directly with us, but we've guided them to something, I would say that there's no better place to help an individual or family decide to whom, when, how much and with what assets than the DuPage Foundation. Okay, I like that. Talk a little bit because, you know, we, we chatted a little bit during COVID and, mm -hmm. and obviously that's impacted, you know, everybody on the planet and, and has really hit hard at some of our not-for-profits. Talk a little bit about your COVID response fund. Sure. March 19 of 2020, we had a board meeting and talked about what role we might be able to play. By the end of the meeting, the board green-lighted our starting this COVID-19 response fund. We went out to the donor community, um, received some significant lead gifts, which validated that there would be a, a interest. We went then and broadened our scope and received gifts from throughout the community. We ended up raising $1.8 million and granted that out within, the first grants went out weeks after we started the fund. We completed the grant making within months, um, granted everything, 99% uh, of the funds raised. We took just a small fee to administer the fund. And those not-for-profits were so grateful because in many cases that was what kept them going during the pandemic. It was a real sense of pride for us to be able to have played that role. I will tell you selfishly, it was so satisfying to be able to have something to focus on during those challenging times to know that we were gonna be able to do something so meaningful. So while we were an endowment by mission, this was our opportunity to raise funds and get them out as quickly as we could to help the not-for-profits, which ultimately then helped all the families. Yeah, absolutely, both short-term and long-term, and short-term for this particular one, but that sows the seeds for long-term for those organizations, right? I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. As we wrap up, Dave, are there other ways that people can get involved with the foundation? Sure. Uh, we're always looking for trustees uh, for our board, committee members from the community to help serve on the, uh, the committees that advise the board. 
office volunteers, advocates, just champions for philanthropy in DuPage. If anybody's interested, they can reach out to the foundation through our website. We'd be happy to uh, contact them and find out what their interests are and, and they can help us. We might be able to help them. Okay, I love that. Well, listen, as always, so nice to chat with you and have you stop by. Thank you so much, Jane. You're welcome. And if you are interested in learning more about the DuPage Foundation, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette, and joining me now from the Naperville Garden Club is Diane Greenewald. Good to see you, Diane. Thank you, Jane. It's wonderful to be here again. It's absolutely great to see you in person. So let, that's a good start to our conversation, right? Yes. Is the Garden Club back in person? Are you meeting together? What's the situation? We are, Jane. We're meeting in person at the White Eagle Golf Club, and we just started in September. And it was wonderful. Again, we're masks, we're social distancing, but we're all together. And it was such a joyous event. Now, if the state mandates change, then we'll go back to a Zoom okay. meeting. And it was a real challenge to learn Zoom <laughs> as we all went through several hours of in-service. But it was wonderful just to connect with our members and keep them together as a group. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and this is a good time of year for you because we're leading right up into your signature event which is the Cup of Cheer. Right. So tell us a little bit about that, the history, how it got started, and then what it's all about. Right. Well, Cup of Cheer started, this was will be our 59th year. We didn't have it last year, so now it's 59. <laughs> and so it was started as a small fundraiser within the members in the early 60s and gradually grew. Everyone said, this is a lot of fun. Let's get together and have look at everyone's house decorations in their homes. Oh, let's have some tea and coffee and cookies. <laughs> oh, well, do you think we could sell tickets for this? And that's how it started and has just grown through the years. Again, including sometimes over 2,000 people. Uh, in the 90s, um, we were up to maybe 2,500 people coming to wow. Cup of Cheer in just a one-day period. In the early uh, 200, 2000s, we started uh, doing two days. So we have it a Thursday and Friday now. The Thursday are limited tickets, um, uh, but everything is all set up. And so we have a house walk, we which is four homes that are decorated by the homeowners themselves. That is the uniqueness. There are so many people that are talented with Christmas decorations that, and the beauty of their own homes. So they, people are just really lining up. We have our list almost ready for next year that they decorate the home. And we come in with little tweaks as, as part of Cup of Cheer and how we are going to handle. We're about a thousand people in those okay. two days, how we manage those people through the homes. The second part is a holiday market. So 
that is set up at the VFW on Jackson now, and that is also where the holiday tea is. The holiday market are all wonderful items for the Christmas and seasonal holidays that are made by our group of ladies that have been meeting, even during this pandemic, meeting by themselves alone in our workshop area, and then other items as we try to, and they're unique. Sometimes it's one, one wreath only that was done by one of our members, and the, do you have another one? No, we don't. So <laughs> it's a one and done. It's a one and done. So, uh, so first come, first see. So again, those people that come on Thursday have first dibs on those tick uh, on purchasing items in at our holiday market. Then the holiday market also has the tea, and that is a tea and coffee. It's served usually in, uh, had been in our cup and saucer. We have a souvenir cup and saucer each year that is part of the ticket price, and we all bake cookies. And several years ago, I thought, you know, we're really good cooks, but maybe we could do better if we started a competition. And we did. So I said, let's whoever will decide on who are the top three and the top person who gets uh, the award. And that's determined by our social committee. And then also usually our uh, Garden Clubs of Illinois president comes as a visitor and she is the final judge. Oh. <laughs> and then she picks the top three and they are displayed then in a special uh, shelving area in the tea. And then that person also gets a free ticket to our holiday luncheon. So nice. there's been tremendous competition. We have wonderful <laughs> recipes and we share our recipes too. So, oh, how nice is so, that? That is a cup yes, of cheer. It is. It's seven dozen <laughs> cookies from every member. Wow. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of baking. <laughs> That's a lot of baking. Well, and I know yes. that market is chock full of wonderful things for the holidays yes. that you can purchase and some really unique items. And, right. you know, I'm just going to, you know, hold this up because I think these are just fantastic. And this is this year's uh, teacup and saucer, right? right? Every right. year there's a new signature one. You also have uh, a coffee mug. Correct. Uh, so people, you know, depending on when they come in, first come, first get either that. the teacup or right. the coffee mug, uh, and they're beautiful. I mean, they're right. just a really nice collectible piece, right? It is, and people have been collecting them since the beginning, and we do have a display of every single cup and saucer at the holiday market that people can say, oh, I was here in 1988. What was the cup? <laughs> and they can see what it is. It's a lovely souvenir, it is. and it's a lovely it housewife. Right. Diane, you're, you know, that's obviously your signature event and you're well known for that. But you also, as a club, you have these connections to the state and national uh, clubs. Talk a little bit about what that means for the Garden Club and, and how you're involved. Of course. We also are part of the Garden Clubs of Illinois, as I have mentioned before. And so that then is a part of each state is a part of the National Garden Club. And that is um, hosted in St. Louis. So and our main office is in Elmhurst. Okay. And so that group then also looks to see what is being done within the state. As we know, our part of the state is so different from the, the lower half of Illinois. And reaching out to those members down here and the members up here, and it's well over 6,000 members here in Illinois. And then we are part of the national, and there are and as well international affiliates come in from the national too. So every state has garden club affiliation. And again, it's the grassroots. It, it's uh, the main theme is plant America. We need to take care of our environment. Um, they provide lots of information, educational service for us, 
through National and then through the Garden Clubs of Illinois as we learn about conservation, recycling, planting trees, taking care of gardens. Mm -hmm. We all take our little bit of efforts in trying to make our planet better. I love that. I love that. And that's lovely to have that collaboration right yes. around something that is a passion right. for everybody. Right. Yeah. Talk a little bit as we wrap about how you become a member of the Garden Club. Well, you can look on our website. We have a detailed um, information about that. Uh, there are dues. We have meetings once a month, usually the last Wednesday of every month, except December because we're so busy with cupboard <laughs> We don't have you, time. You need a break. <laughs> yes, we have a luncheon to celebrate later, but we can't get together for any meeting. And in those meetings, then we're learning again about our planning for cupboard but we're also learning those are things that are important to us. We learned about herbs at our last meeting. This month we're going to be learning about birds and the importance of birds in our garden. We learn about floral design, which I'm passionate about. Uh, we also learn about environment and conservation. We learned how to take care of worms, uh, do uh, recycling <laughs> with worms. So it's something for everybody and it's not mandatory. You come to every meeting. So there's a business part, but then there's a lot of social interaction and also education. So yeah. that's important. Um, the requirements then too, parting not only the dues, but you must work cup of cheers. So we all have a, a work requirement. A lot of us wear many hats in, in preparing for cup of cheer, but the members also come through and help yeah. in very many ways. We need probably over 120 volunteer slots to take care of um, our event. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a it's a big project, it but is. I know that in the experience that I've had coming through, everybody's so excited mm -hmm. and, and so welcoming. It's oh, really good. lovely. And I know, you know, just on behalf of us and on behalf of oh. Spotlight, we are always so grateful because all of our lovely flower arrangements yes. that we have every single episode come from the Naperville Garden Club, our good friend Gwen Lloyd yes. uh, for many, many years. And it's just a testament to the wonderful work that you do. So we thank you so much for coming by. Thank you, Jane. Thank you for having us and spreading our word for the Naperville Garden Club. It means so much to us you. to be a part of you. Oh, here. thank you so much. And if you would like to find out more about the Naperville Garden Club or how to get your ticket to the Cup of Cheer, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. What's the matter, boy? What are you trying to tell me? Is something wrong? We live in a safe community, but not a crime-free community. If you see something, say something. Naperville Animal Crime Stoppers. Yes, I'd like to report a case of animal cruelty and neglect. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from Lizzie's Fund is Bernie Slupik. Hi, Bernie. How are you? Hi. Thanks for inviting me. Really glad to have you. And your furry friend is? 
Pixie. Okay, and we'll talk a little bit more about her in a bit. But we're going to start out. Tell us a little bit about Lizzie's Fund and how it got started. Uh, Lizzie's Fund started in 2012. Um, she was a little four-pound chihuahua that was adored by her family. And at age nine, she experienced some really severe orthopedic issues, and she wasn't able to walk or stand. Um, two different vets suggested the humane thing would be to euthanize her because her heart would not withstand surgery. But her family couldn't accept that. So they sought out alternative medical care, which at the time was very rare. Um, they were able to find some, and she not only survived, she thrived and lived another seven and a half productive, happy years. Um, after she passed, her family decided to start Lizzie's Fund to encourage people to have senior pets, to adopt senior pets. Um, so it, it was, it's difficult because a lot of times people are afraid. They're afraid of having a senior pet, or when they do have one and there's something wrong, they put them in a shelter or a rescue group. So um, Lizzie's Fund financially supports senior dogs in shelters and rescues and pays for their care so that they can be adopted. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? It's so nice. And, you know, I think like all of us, you know, uh, babies are always cute. Everybody loves puppies and babies mm -hmm. and, you know, but then we all end up getting to the other end of the spectrum and it's nice to be loved and supported as much there. We can exactly. be productive as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the programs that you have within Lizzie's Fund. Um, basically, right now, we have three programs. We have the general program, which is what we just discussed, where it's, everything started. Um, that pays for all the medical care, uh, dental, um, vet care, surgeries, eye care, grooming, um, alternative care, which could be chiropractic care, acupuncture, laser treatments, um, anything that it takes to get the pet happy and whole. Um, the next program is Seniors for Seniors, and we utilize senior dogs that have become therapy dogs um, to take them to nursing homes and assisted living care facilities to visit with seniors who maybe don't ever see people or have visitors, and it enriches their lives. We draw our volunteer base for that program from junior high schools in Naperville. Oh, lovely. We go to talk to the students about the benefits of volunteering and putting back into their community. And it doesn't hurt when you do those talks if you have a senior dog along. <laughs> so they get all enthused, and they, plus their parents, um, join us at these facilities. And they not only go for visits, but they plan parties. Um, holiday events. It's very enriching to see the young people getting involved with older dogs and older people. Yeah. And the last program is Lizzie Care, um, and that's developed for the dogs that can't be adopted, who basically need hospice care. And they are permanently fostered um, by wonderful people. And Lizzie's Care pays for all their medical treatments for however long. Um, their drug care, whatever is necessary, and we support the fosters. And I can't say enough about the people who do that job. Yeah, that's a tough road and a really big heart it is. for the people that do that. Yeah, it um, is. You, you started a new funding option this year. We did. Yeah, tell us about that. The new fund is called Brody Memorial Fund. Uh, Brody was a rough coat collie who um, was adopted, rescued, 
by a wonderful family uh, under the worst of circumstances. And he became a Lizzie therapy dog. He did hundreds of visits at uh, nursing homes and schools. Um, he was the commensurate therapy dog, and everybody just loved him. Um, he was going to retire. He was quite old. And he was <laughs> going to retire on July 1st, which was our first major um, fundraising since COVID. Okay. And um, so there was a lot of people that were going to come. Uh, it was the Naperville Municipal Band 4th of July concert, which we were fortunate to have been awarded. Um, and unfortunately, he died that morning. Oh. So all the people that came to see him or knew of him were devastated. Yeah. And uh, it, you know, something always comes from something bad. Right. Uh, we received a lot of donations that day in his honor and in his memory. So because that day was being 100% matched, it was a substantial start to something like this. And the board decided that we should establish this fund as a restricted fund within Lizzie's Fund for the care of senior collies. Oh, that's lovely. What a great, that's so nice to have something good that comes mm -hmm. out of a sad moment, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know COVID was rough for everybody. Uh, nobody was not impacted by COVID. How were you able to keep going, Bernie? Well, it was tough. Um, <laughs> 2019, we had seven very successful fundraisers and we were able to build our reserves. Uh, 2020, we had none. Mm -hmm. So 2021 came along and uh, we were awarded this wonderful bake sale opportunity. Um, it was amazing because of the generous benefactors who grouped together to match the funds um, and the fact that it was hugely successful. We sold 1,300 pieces of baked goods that day. Uh, we sold everything we had. Um, so we were fortunate in that regard. And then Brody's owner um, decided to have a birthday fundraiser for August, which was the month of her birth. And she decided that she was going to have this fundraiser and she was going to match um, all of the uh, donations that were put in there. And through an amazing community, collie community in the area, and even upwards into Wisconsin, they donated a lot of money and she matched all of it. So we've been very, very fortunate. Oh, that's wonderful. So now you, um, you have something coming up soon that you'd like to tell us about maybe? We, we do. Um, next month, um, no, yeah, next month, November, um, is Senior Dog Month. And we celebrate every year by gathering with the shelters and rescues that we deal with in the local area. And we sponsor paying all the adoption fees for any senior dog that's adopted. So as long as they join the program, we pay all the fees, the adoption fees. And um, we get a lot of publicity that way, which is always sure. good for the fund. Absolutely. And again, another benefactor has offered to match any donations that are given in the month of November. So it's going to be extremely helpful for us. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's great. And you've obviously got a lot of community members coming alongside you, we which do. is wonderful. We've got a great following now. Yeah. As we wrap up, give us Pixie's story. Um, Pixie is uh, a reject. She, um, she exemplifies why you don't need the perfect breed-specific dog. Um, she is... Um, a Papillon, who's going to be 13 years old next week, and she is a Lizzie Fun therapy dog, 
who delights the people in the nursing homes. Mm -hmm. um, every old lady wants Pixie <laughs> on their lap, and they never want to give her up. Uh, she is the perfect therapy dog, perfect lap dog. She's a very happy dog. Um, she doesn't hear so well anymore, and she's lost a few teeth, but she is absolutely perfect for... Um, for this type of work. So we yeah. want people to understand that dogs have a purpose. Sure. Um, and they have a purpose even when they get older. When you go to a shelter, don't forget about the senior dogs because yeah. you know what you're getting. You know the temperament. Almost all of them are housebroken. Um, they make wonderful companions and they give you so much more than what you get. And we want everybody to realize that for a senior dog, every day is a gift. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you, Bernie, for coming by. Thank you for bringing Pixie and keeping us up to date on what's going on with Lizzie's Fund. We thank appreciate it. Thank you so it. much, Jane. You're we welcome. appreciate it. And if you would like more information about Lizzie's Fund, please go and visit their website. Stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on this episode, please visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.